This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. I've had several people say to me over the years, well, you know, you can't legislate morality. And the interesting thing is that often you will have people, it really doesn't matter where they are on the cultural or religious or, or political spectrum. I've had people say that about abortion. Well, you can't legislate morality, and so abortion might be wrong, but we shouldn't do anything about it in the legal sphere. I've had people say it about uh, uh, policies that mistreat the poor. Well, you know, people ought to care about uh, poor people, but you can't legislate uh, morality. So it's all through the spectrum. People tend to pick and choose when they say that. What does that mean? Well, in one sense, they're right uh, when they say you can't legislate morality, in the sense that legislation alone or policy alone or, or cultural pressure alone can't undo immorality. I mean, that's Jesus's point in part of what he's teaching about in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, for instance, when he talks about uh, the root of adultery uh, being lust or the root of, um, of murder being anger, it's internal to us. It can't just be dealt with in external means. Or when Jesus is teaching about uh, what defiles a person comes from within, not externally. So that part is true. It's also true that there is a difference, and there should be a difference, between a sin and a crime. Semper Fi Patriots, this is the Gunny. And those of you that do not know Latin, I'm going to tell you Semper Fi means always faithful. It is the motto of the United States Marine Corps, and it is the motto of you Patriots on the Patriot cause. Always faithful listening to the truth and passing the truth to those people that you know. That's what we do. We speak the truth. Legislating morality. Can you actually legislate morality? No, you cannot. What you can do is you can legislate crime. There's sin that people do but then there's crime. And in my mind, crime is committed when a person breaks commandments or breaks a reasonable law offending another person. That's what crime is. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Also going to bring back critical race theory. Episode 113, I started talking about this, but I want to continue this discussion because it works towards understanding morality. You cannot legislate morality. CRT is a legal philosophy. And this is how they do it. These are people that have been doing this for years. And they're trying to stay in conceptual idea that the legal system is against them. So if they can change the legal system, then they can legislate morality against people that are against them. But that's not how it works. The legal system is put in place 
to legislate the punishment of crimes, not morality, which is in your heart. So you got to fix the heart to have good morality. Whether you believe it or not, if you got a bad heart and you don't believe in human beings and you don't believe in being good, it cannot be legislated. But if you commit a crime, it can be legislated. That's the difference. So today we're going to talk about specifically how this critical race theory relates to morality. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of our way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Critical race theory sprang up in the mid-1970s. As a number of lawyers, activists, and legal scholars across the country realized more or less simultaneously that the heat of advances of civil rights era in the 1960s had stalled. In many respects, we're being rolled back to the 1960s, realizing that new theories and strategies were added to combat the subtler forms of racism that were gaining ground. Early writers such as Derek Bell, Alan Freeman, and Richard DeLago put their minds to the task. These are lawyers in big-time colleges that are going to solve the morality problem of America. They were soon joined by others, and the group held its first conference at a convention outside of Madison, Wisconsin, in the summer of 1989. So these are activists. These are people, in my mind, that are deranged. They're lawyers. And we all know what happens when a lawyer becomes in charge. It's about money. And that's exactly what this is all about. I don't care how you slice it. You can hate me today, hate me tomorrow, don't care. Lawyers are about money. It's about fame putting their name on some criminal law that they created and got accepted within society. So Leo Terrell discusses the critical race theory and the 1619 Project. On Fox News, you got to listen to this because I can't explain it any better what these, quote, lawyers are doing. Leo, the 1619 Project fundamentally was based on something that's not true. We didn't fight the Revolutionary War in order to preserve slavery, and it got some of, the, some of these parts are worse from there. What's your take on this? I want to be very clear to the Fox viewers. 
implementation of the critical race theory would be government-sponsored racism. You stated it already. It's not grounded in fact. It is a lie. And yet, I just heard that clip where the proponent of the critical race theory is lying about the implementation and the truthfulness. It's not grounded in fact. This country was not motivated to have a revolution based on slavery. That is a lie. All right. Uh, she came back and said this after she got hired. I'm grateful for the opportunity to give back by helping students pursue their dreams and learn how to practice the type of journalism that is truly reflective of our multiracial nation. Do you have to make a choice between 1776 and 1619? Do you believe you can be taught about 1776 and include 1619? Uh, Brian, this is this. You know, as a former school teacher, as a civil rights attorney, we're making an assumption that the 1619 theory is equivalent to facts as far as what led to this country. I don't see critical theory, race theory, in our Declaration of Independence, in our Constitution, in the Articles of the Confederation, in the Constitutional Convention. This is a lie. They're trying to equate critical race theory unfounded by any facts with what facts we have known for hundreds of years. And this is the problem. And one other point, Brian, which is very important. You're pushing down critical race theory to our young people. You're teaching them how to hate each other based on skin color, not content, not qualifications, not skill. This is a threat to American society because it affects our young people. So who is Derek Albert Bell Jr. that these critical race theory guys have now claimed as the god of morality? He was American lawyer, professor, and civil rights activist in 1971. He became the first tenured African-American professor at law at Harvard Law School. And he is often credited as one of the originators of critical race theory. So that's where it comes from. It is a regurgitation of the civil rights movement in the 60s, which has been resolved for many years. But see, they can't just accept the legal laws that were put in place to, quote, protect the civil rights movement. They got to keep doing it. And they're going to keep doing it until the Marxists take over. And when the Marxists take over, they're going to kill them all. Listen to what I just said. They're going to eliminate every single person that brought the Marxists into power because their conceptual ideas is to restore, according to them, a society that everybody gets along. But in a Marxist world, it doesn't work that way. Society only gets along according to what the government says is the right way to get along. So I'm going to read something from you from Martin Luther King that absolutely explains talking about legalizing morality. No other myth 
that gets around is the idea that legislation cannot really solve the problem and that it has no great role to play in this period of social change because you've got to change the heart and you can't change the heart through legislation. You cannot legislate morals. The job must be done through education and religion. Well, there's half-truth involved here. Certainly, if the problem is to be solved, then in a final sense, hearts must be changed. Religion and education must play a great role in changing the heart. But we must go on to say that while it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, behavior can be regulated. That's the criminal aspect of it. If you behave like a criminal, then it can be regulated. Martin Luther King, it may be true that the law cannot change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. It may be true that the law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me. And I think that is pretty important also. So there is need for executive orders, like Martin Luther King said. There's a need for judicial degrees. There's a need for civil rights legislation on the local scale with states and on the national scale with the federal government. What he's saying is we need to make sure that the laws cover the criminal aspect of a person that's immoral, not that the laws dictate morality. There's a whole different aspect. Only God dictates morality. And if you don't have God in your heart, you're not a moral person. End of conversation. Put a big period there. If you don't understand that God created you and give you the ability to live in this world and have a life, you have no moral fiber. End of conversation. Hillsdale College recently published Critical Race Theory what is it and how to fight it. So you need to go check that out. It's in the show notes. I'm not going to read a whole bunch about this. But I will read this. This is a story or a section from this article. The Treasury Department held a training session telling staff members that virtually all white people contribute to racism. This is our government and that they must convert everyone in the federal government to the ideology of anti-racism. And the Sandia National Laboratories, which designs America's nuclear arsenal, sent white male executives to a three-day re-education camp where they were told that white male culture was analogous to the KKK, white supremacists, and mass killings. The executives were then forced to renounce their white male privilege and write letters to apologize to fictionist women and people 
of color. That is the insanity of this critical race theory. Can you imagine having to go to a class that immediately tells you you're racist based upon the color of your skin? That's where we're headed. I'm going to play a clip from Prager University called What is Critical Race Theory? And I guarantee you, you're going to have a better understanding of exactly what's going on. And hopefully, you will react and you will tell your family, your friends, this is absolutely wrong and devastating to the great country that we have. Have you heard about critical race theory? I'm guessing you probably have. It has already insinuated itself into many institutions and is making rapid progress into others. If it takes hold, it will completely change the very nature of America and the way you live. Critical race theory holds that the most important thing about you is your race. The color of your skin, that's who you are. Not your behavior, not your values, not your environment, your race. In critical race theory, if you are a member of a minoritized racial group, their term, not mine, you are a victim of a system that is rigged against you, a system that doesn't want you to succeed. On the other hand, if your race is privileged, you're an exploiter, whether you intend to be or not. Critical race theory begins from the assumption that racism occurs in all interactions. To see how this works, consider this thought experiment. Imagine you own a shop and two customers enter at the same time, one white and one black. Who do you help first? If you help the black person first, critical race theory would say you did so because you don't trust black people to be left alone in your store. That's racist. If you help the white person first instead, critical race theory would say you did so because you think blacks are second-class citizens. That's racist too. That's critical race theory. It can find racism in anything, even if it has to read your mind to do it. Critical race theory is a uniquely American invention. Brewed up at Harvard Law School in the 70s, now part of the academic and media mainstream, it is also uniquely un-American because it rejects the core tenets of the American, classically liberal Judeo-Christian value system. It turns the bedrock American idea upside down. Here it is in the words of Richard Delgado and Gene Stefanczyk, two leading proponents. Critical race theory questions the very foundations of the liberal order, including equality theory, legal reasoning, enlightenment rationalism, and the neutral principles of constitutional law. It does this because critical race theory proponents assume racism is present everywhere and always, and they look for it critically until they find it. And they always find it. It has to be there because that's how the imperial European powers and then America set things up. Here, as in all dangerous academic theories, there is a kernel of truth. Human beings were not preoccupied with race until the 16th century, when Europeans began to explore and then colonize other parts of the world. Drawing distinctions between the races reached its peak in the 19th century with the widespread use of slave labor in North and South America. No one denies this. But since then, the Western world, and most especially America, has spent a lot of time, money, and blood breaking free of its racist past. 
It's been a rocky road for sure, but great progress has been made. Critical race theory says all this progress is a mirage. Racism never died, never even faded a little bit. It just hid itself better. Critical race theory, therefore, is not a continuation of the civil rights movement. It is, in fact, a repudiation of it. To critical race theorists, Martin Luther King was both wrong and naive. White Americans can never judge blacks by the content of their character. They can only judge them, always unfavorably, consciously or unconsciously, by the color of their skin. Ironically, not since the Aryan obsession in Germany in the 1930s and 1940s, or South African apartheid in the second half of the 20th century, has the social movement been so obsessed with race. Critical race theory is then, in a very real sense, a counter-American revolution. But that's a positive, not a negative, to those who subscribe to the theory. The American experiment was given a 400-year tryout, and it doesn't work. So let's scrap it. That's what they believe. Is that what you believe? I'm going to guess that most of you don't. So how do we stop critical race theory before it infects the brains of too many decent Americans, especially young people, and turns us into something we have never been and shouldn't ever want to be? The answer is simple. Refuse to accept it. Don't be intimidated by the heads-I-win, tails-you-lose logic of this self-destructive, America-hating, anti-reality idea. Don't be bullied into thinking that you're racist when you know you're not, or that you're a victim when you know you're not. Defend yourself while you still can. I'm James Lindsay, founder of New Discourses for Prager University. I want you to think about something that I'm going to tell you. Is critical race theory actually started with Hitler. Hitler was an individual that was out to eliminate a racist environment. If anybody in his world didn't fit with the perfect race, he destroyed them. And that is exactly what's happening today. Instead of one Hitler, we got many Hitlers. You heard it from me first. That people are no longer judged by their character as per what Martin Luther King was saying. They're only judged by the color and what I would consider their absolute existence on this planet. If we don't fit in these Hitler's realms of the world, then you're racist. And instead of using bombs to fight the war, they're using Marxism to fight this war. To say that they're right and everybody else is wrong. There's no unity whatsoever in these Hitlers of the world. It's all based upon power and prestige and I know better. And they're capitalizing on that. The American conservative 
is a great website that you need to go to. And this is what they have to say about the roots and the reach of critical race theory. CRT, though it's known to most as a potential political force, an ideological underpinning of the Black Lives Matter organization has always been, first and foremost, a legal philosophy. So they're using the legal system to promote the destruction of unity and humankind. It starts with the premise that the United States is rooted in white supremacy and this white supremacy is written into law. Bullcrap. Read the Constitution. Read the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. That's how the country started. All men are created equal. They created this country, started it, to eliminate slavery. Not because of slavery. This inherent racism is present as the explanation for any disparity in outcome, such as the drug convictions and death penalty sentences are more likely to be rendered on minorities. No, the death penalty is given to a person that commits crime, not morality. It's because they committed a crime. Maria Matuza, a CRT luminary, describes it as the work of progressive legal scholars of color who are attempting to develop a juror precedence that accounts for the role of racism in America law and that works towards eliminating racism as part of a larger goal of eliminating all forms of subordination. Far from being a grassroots philosophy formulated by radicals on the street, it can be traced back to the facilities of some of our nation's most elite law schools. And that's exactly what this is. This is colleges and law schools taking over morality. They say that this country is no longer a moral country according to critical race theory. So if that's true, we don't have a chance as a human being to live in this country. Because it is completely against all people in this country. Critical race theory is not based upon a color of a person. It's based upon oppression and the feeling of oppression. And if they take the legal system, then everybody is going to be guilty of oppression. Every single human being on this planet is guilty of oppression. That's what this law firm, these law people are telling us. It doesn't matter 
that we are human beings and we have moral value to take care of each other. What matters is that the law wins. Freedom of speech, the ability to live your life without the federal government infiltrating in your life is no longer a value system of these law people. And it's sad to understand what the real forces behind critical race theory is about. I'm going to tell you about an organization you got to go check out. It's called Parents Defending Education. DefendEd.org. you got to check them out. We've had enough of this steering this country in the direction of Marxism so that the, only the elites will have power. We got to get the education, education system corrected to teach our students, our fellow citizens. This is the greatest country on the face of the planet that ever it existed. And they will destroy it. And they're going to continue to destroy it overnight unless we do something about it. So I'm asking you to stand up, show up, and speak up wherever you can against this flawed idea of a legal system having to put in place morality for people based on the color of their skin. This is the Gunny Out.